On this episode of the Popcorn Diet, we're uncovering more mysteries unfolding in the MCU by talking about the newest revelations from WandaVision. Get your popcorn ready. Vision? Yes, my love. Is this really happening? I think a few unsavory characters settling in the neighborhood. Are you here to help us? <laughs> I think something's wrong here. There's no need to get dramatic. Did you really not see what I saw? I have everything under control. If you're not watching WandaVision, you're missing out. Marvel is finally back. WandaVision, original series now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing? Feeling fantastic. Yeah? You're, uh, we're, I mean, we, we, when we talked about this show last, I think it was two or three episodes ago, mm-hmm. we, we talked about how excited we were. We talked about how different it was. That was episodes one through three we discussed. It was the black and white episodes. It was Bewitched, I Love Lucy, uh, and Brady Bunch, I think. I'm not sure if, we, if, if, if I'm skipping a decade or whatever. But we were excited to see where this goes. And now... We're four more episodes in. And I just got to ask you, just getting straight away, no nonsense, no BS. WandaVision's pretty great, isn't it? It's fantastic. How have you, have you, because we originally, when we first did our first non-movie episode, technically, I think Mm -hmm. it was technically our first non-movie episode, when we talked about WandaVision initially, you know, we talked about how we have been wary when I say we, I mostly mean me. I don't know that you've been as emotionally invested in as I am. You're always emotional. It's true. I am emotionally invested in many a great many things, but particularly the art form of filmmaking and cinema and all of that kind of as Marty as Martin Scorsese likes to describe it, the the art of cinema. But I mean, is it safe to say that my worries have been calmed? Like, is it safe to say for you that like this has turned out to be a phenomenal experience. Well, I think if we're talking specifically about WandaVision... I mean, we ab- have to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, your concerns probably still have not gone away about what movie theaters are going to look like. I think... They get better with each decreasing COVID number every day. Absolutely. They get... I feel a little better. I think, you know, a year from now when you're watching your blockbusters in, in theaters... You know, will will the box office numbers ever be the same? Like, will every Marvel movie make over a billion again? I don't know. Right. That being said, you know, I think if if COVID and everything that has changed because of it evolves our opportunity for storytelling, I mean, we were already shifting a lot towards subscription services. Yep. I mean, Disney Plus didn't come out of COVID. It was already happening. Right. It was already here it before just, COVID. It blew up. And the idea of a new investment or a new value on long-form storytelling through TV shows 
is not something that's new and and it's something that obviously things like Game of Thrones right. was massive in it's been in growing. contributing to. I mean there's all of our kind of, you know, shows like Billions and things like that, like the opportunity to dive into a show in more depth. And I think from Marvel, you look at that with like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. some of those, you know, already seeing what can be done differently and how much deeper you can get into certain stories and almost do a movie, but like an eight hour movie. Sure. You know, there's you're not cutting as much. You're able to you know, go further. How many times when you listen to director's commentary or things like that, you hear them say things like, we just didn't have enough time or there wasn't enough, like we had too much going on. Like that's not an issue for the most part when we're doing TV series or even if they're like this, which, you know, I think we'll get into this, but there's a good chance this is the only WandaVision we're getting. We're not going to get like nine seasons of WandaVision, I don't think. Sure. So... Even the idea of doing these like mini series almost, which I feel like were something that was popular when we were growing up, mm-hmm. you'd get those shows that were like a two or three episode mini series, or like remember when they did uh, Wyatt Earp on TV uh-huh. and it took like four nights to air it because I remember it Merlin. was like three hours long, and of course with commercials that stretched it to like six hours long, uh-huh. so they did it over like three nights. Yep, I remember Merlin with Sam mm. Neill, yep. Martin Short. That was like the big deal. We're going to tell a King Arthur story, but from Merlin's perspective, yeah. before Guy Ritchie ever gets $250 million to blow on his dinosaur-sized elephants. Like Too I soon. remember that. Too soon. Too soon. Pour one out for Guy Ritchie's uh, King Arthur-verse. I, I mean, obviously, I agree with you. This is something that we, we touched on a little bit when we first talked about WandaVision in that the, the medium of storytelling is changing and it's evolving, right? There are still the dramas out there that exist in their 2022 episode formats. You know, we just, the literally as we're recording this podcast tonight, there was just the premiere of Superman and Lois on the CW. And all of those CW shows and Arrowverse shows, those are 22, 24 episodes long. But we're also seeing that marriage, as you said, the the eight to ten episode story, the prestige long form storytelling type thing where you are marrying the big deal stuff of comic books, but also like big dramas like you mentioned Billions, uh, Succession, The Night Before or The Night Of, excuse me, um, like those are all mini series kind of for lack of a better word because they're not you know they're not multiple seasons but you are getting a longer story a more detailed story more fleshed out characters and it's hard not to look at what's happened with WandaVision and call it a resounding success not only for for me and you know kind of alleviating my worries and stuff like that but in general I mean, I think, did you, let me ask you, did you wind up staying up till 1 a.m. to watch this last episode? I did not end okay. up doing it. Okay. Me neither, I obviously. did watch it early in the morning. Okay. I think I, I think I saved it till lunch or what have you. Uh, but, like, WandaVision is successful enough that Disney Plus crashed at 1 a.m. when episode 7 came out. At 1 <laughs> At 1 a.m. And it's not even out for the entire world. Like, the entire world doesn't have access to Disney Plus yet. That's incredible. That in and of itself is a testament 
to the the staying power of this television show. Let me ask you one more question, David. Before we kind of talk about what's ha- been happening in the past few episodes, before we pontificate and, and talk a little bit about what we think is coming up, let me ask you a question. There has been, and I know you're not online as much as I am, mm-hmm. but online, online, people are fighting. Shock, somebody shock you, David, but people are fighting about arbitrary bullshit, things that don't stuff. really matter. But there have been a couple of media critics or media reviewers or, mm. or media journalists who have come out with, in my opinion, terrible hot takes about WandaVision being released episodically and are just like, this is terrible. Why would you do this? This is so archaic. And there have been an equally large amount of voices against that that this is what builds anticipation. This is what builds excitement. We're doing our second episode on WandaVision right now. Now, granted, there's a number of reasons for that. There's not there's not a ton of new movies coming out. You know, we're not exactly it's not exactly the best headspace to approach some of the very emotional Oscar nominees that are available to watch, although we'll be doing that soon enough. But people are talking about this show on a weekly basis, and it's mm-hmm. having that longevity, in my opinion, yeah. because of that episodic release. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about like the, the binge generation of give me the entire season now, let me consume it all over eight or nine hours in one weekend, let me say it was awesome, and then let me never talk about it again? Well, first and foremost... We're just in a generation that's always, I want everything now, and there's a lack of patience. Like, sure. I would argue that every generation has no, argued this, that its own. This is, this is the worst, because <laughs> never, has, never has more things been readily available on demand. Anything. Like, everything. literally half of our TV is watched, quote-unquote, on demand. The entire world is at our fingertips, quite literally. Like, not that every generation hasn't been impatient, but the degrees that people want certain things and the level of patience that people have has steadily decreased with things becoming more readily available. Right. In regards to how do I view, like, would it be awesome if I could watch it straight through and find it out immediately? Sure. Like, it would have been awesome. But think of it from a business perspective. I can release it all in one night. Right. And people will talk about it, and it'll take a while for people to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably have a good, I don't know, couple week run. Couple weeks. Maybe, maybe longer if it's really good. You maybe think about some of the shows that came out on Netflix this summer, they had, some of them had longer runs than others, things like Money Heist, which we talked about on here. Sure. Uh, longer runs in terms Ozarks, of like things like that in terms of like the public consciousness yeah right and and a lot of that helps when it's it's nominated for an award or something like that but like but what happens when you do it week by week mm-hmm. is you basically get marketing for your show for as long as it runs because everybody's anticipating yep everybody's trying to guess what's going to happen you're building hype there's all this hype you know, when you're running a subscription service and you're trying to get people to sign up, mm-hmm. first and foremost, by releasing it over the course of two months, I guarantee that everybody 
at least pays one bill. Right. Because even if you do the 30-day trial, right. you've got to pay that second month if you want to see the second half, unless yep. you wait for the first half to Cause, come cause, out. Because think about this. Not to, don't, don't lose your train of thought. But I got you. I, I, I want to throw this one in there as well. Think about what we've talked about, right? Like The Boys comes out on Amazon. Incredible show. Mm-hmm. Boys on Amazon is an incredible show. It all comes out one season. It's out now. Everybody watches it. Two, three weeks later, everybody's watched it. Nobody's talking about it anymore. And no new person is hearing about it anymore. It came, it's out, everybody loved it, and it's gone. Yeah. With this, you get new people. I know, as we just said, in the age in which we live in, it's difficult to think that there are still people who are discovering what WandaVision is, mm-hmm. but there are. Yep. And not only do we get that first initial blast of it coming out, but we are growing that anticipation so that now we're seven weeks in and we're still getting new people. Yeah. We're eight weeks in and we're still getting new people. And they can revisit all that was already there. Yeah, well, and to that point, you have what happens in episode one and the early reaction to, and they release the first two right, right off the right. Like you have the reaction to, what is this even about? If you're sure. like me, like... I had zero expectations going into it. I was like, okay, I know Wanda envisioned the characters. I know this is being broadcast as like a TV show, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I knew nothing about it. So I had zero expectations. So I think a lot of people carry that in. And so people watch it and people talk about, oh, it's actually really good. Like, it wasn't what I expected, but it's great. Or it was exactly what I expected and it delivered. Or whatever, like (laughs) people talk about it. But then with each week, you know, you think about like, and I use the Game of Thrones because it's the easiest to compare. Mm -hmm. Like, people will talk about regularly when you're saying, what are you watching? You'll say, I'm watching WandaVision or I'm watching Game of Thrones. And it becomes a point of conversation, though, like when you have an episode like The Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. Yes. Where it's like. It Everything just absolutely <laughs> blows up. You literally you you traumatize your entire your viewer base. Yes, for and, maybe all time. And it's like you get that steady stream of people talking about how great it is. But then when you have things that happened, like we'll get into what's happened thus far yes. when we get into the episodes. But like even like the last episode that we got, um, episode seven. Yeah. There's some big reveals in there. Mm-hmm. Big and things happen. People blow up and people talk. And you and I have talked at length as soon as it happened about it. And that just continues that extended buzz. And so, you know, maybe the initial buzz wasn't enough to get you to sign up for Disney Plus. Right. Maybe episode three wasn't right. enough. But we get to episode seven and everybody's blowing up and it's like, okay, fine. I gotta I gotta watch this. We gotta have a conversation. So about you go it. and sign up, and now you do have that binge experience up until wherever you're at Mm -hmm. you know like for for my wife and i we for ali and i we got into sons of anarchy late but it was still on tv at that time but we finally got into it had the time it was when we first got married had the time we started binging it Mm -hmm. and we made it through all of them and caught up right before the last season came out ah so you got and it was and it was painful having to wait each week for that episode but at the same time like it allows you to come up with your ideas it uh-huh. come allows you to analyze and and make guesses and read stories online and i would argue that half of the people grumbling like it writes their paychecks yeah you know people that are 
people that have YouTube channels and things like podcasts. that. Podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> you know, like it's something that gets people coming back to them versus if you have just one dump right. of episodes. Right. Yes, you could extend it, but like by the time if you do one episode a week on something like Ozarks that's yes. got like 12 episodes in a season. Yes. By the time you get to week 12 of doing it, mm-hmm. people aren't going to be talking about it anymore. No. Like you're going to be old news. And so either you grind and do 12 and release them right off the bat while it's still in everybody's stream of consciousness or you know, you fall out of kind of what's popular at that time. I honestly think it's it's I mean, I think our, ultimately we might be discussing a pure preference. But it just feels like you're a part of something, like you're a part of a conversation more. Even though we, you and I are not having much deeper conversations beyond our own, you go online, people are talking about it. They're still talking about it. They're excited about what happened. They're thinking about what might happen. And you don't get that when you get an entire season. Because if you get to episode three and it's like, oh, what might happen? You don't talk to anybody about it. You just go to episode four. Well, and I would also argue as someone who doesn't like spoilers, it's harder to stay out of getting something spoiled for you. Right. When you've got to watch 12 episodes to get caught up with the overall internet. Sure. Like it's hard to dodge that. You know, you get the awkwardness in in work conversations when two people are ahead of you and you're like, la, 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 I don't want to hear it. Oh, I haven't caught up yet. And then by the time you catch up, guess what? They're not talking about it anymore. Yeah, they don't want to talk about it anymore. It's interesting because... Um, What's really, you know, what I like about it is that it, they release it at midnight. So by the time I wake up in the morning, there's a I full, full right up. <laughs> yeah. Fun. That being said, too, the other th- reason, uh, like, I'm fine. Whichever way they decide to do it, like, I'm going to give it to me. I'm going to go for it regardless. I'm not a complainer. If that gonna, being said, if you're going to give me several courses, cool. S- especially in a pandemic, it, I've appreciated not dumping it all at once because. Gives me something to look forward to every gives, week. Gives you a little hope. Well, it gives you it, it stretches it hope. out. You know, when if I get all twelve episodes or ten episodes right. one week, like right. I'm gonna watch it in one week. Uh-huh. And now, Life where I would have had again. something to do at least one day a week, and things to read about and all that kind of stuff throughout the week, mm-hmm. now I got nothing to do again. So I need something else to come. Especially right now when we don't have you know, your normal theatrical releases of movies. Uh-huh. Like this almost replaces the anticipation that you had for Friday going to the movies this weekend to see the newest movie. It's really like This smart. almost replaces it. It's the anticipation of the WandaVision episode coming right. out. It's really smart. And and again, I, we'll, I'll keep bringing this up as we continue to talk about these um, Marvel Disney Plus shows, because we will. Like, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to talk about Loki. We're going to talk about Miss Marvel and all that stuff coming out. But I, I'll, I'll never, I mean, you and I are, we bow at the altar of Kevin Feige, you know, not to be blasphemous or anything, but that guy is just a genius. That guy's probably one of the most genius producers in the history of film and television. And the fact that he has essentially replicated the experience of getting a new issue of a comic book line every week, but in a television and movie form, it can't be said enough how genuinely like genius that is. We said it before. It's something that n- nobody has been able to duplicate. Not DC, not Star Wars, not any of these big IP existing 
properties. And I think that's really cool. So with all that being said, David, let's talk, let's do just kind of a quick, our thoughts on each episode. We'll go all the way back to episode four. And I believe, and I, I'll admit, I didn't, I didn't listen to our previous episode where we talked about WandaVision, but I believe one of the things that we predicted was that episode four was going to be some type of real world episode. And that's what happened. Uh, we got pulled out of the sitcom spoof mm-hmm. pattern, and we learned all about the real world. And I think one of my favorite parts about episode four, and and again, this is going to be spoilers. If I mean, we just got done talking about it. If you're saving up WandaVision, cool, like fine. But these these episodes are out, and you can watch them right now on Disney+. Plus. So if you haven't watched episodes four, five, six, and seven, I guess turn this off. But we're going to spoil the hell out of what's happened already. And I think my favorite part about episode four, David, is that it was the first time since Avengers Endgame nearly two years ago that we got truly reintroduced back into the world that Thanos had an effect on. We got to see what happened when everybody was unsnapped. And it was crazy. How did you think about that? What did you think about that whole sequence? Just at pure chaos, getting dropped in and seeing them kind of fade back. What did you think about that? How did you like that? I thought it was incredible. I thought it was cool. I think, it again, one of the things that I'm so excited about with everything that we're getting is we're expanding the universe. We're filling in gaps that right. we haven't had right and there's been a lot of unanswered. i mean we only got infinity war and then Endgame, and then far from home there hasn't been a ton of like exploring of the logistics of what happens when half of the population disappears and then comes back yeah because even ant-man and the wasp and captain marvel that came out in between infinity war uh-huh. and Endgame, uh-huh. one Ant-Man and the Wasp ran parallel. And ended and Mar- with the snap. And ended with the snap. And Marvel was a prequel. Yep. So we didn't to even touch it. So, yeah. So we've never really known kind of how it affected. We just saw kind of the before and after, to your point, you know, right when it happened and five years later. So it is it is interesting to see more of that, how it affected others. I think, you know, and obviously we're going to talk about this more as well, but, you know, I think with... Loki, mm-hmm. we're going to get into this whole separate timeline conversation. Yep. Because it was triggered by something that happened in Endgame. Yep. If you've seen the previews just where they, they drop the Tesseract and he snags it and just pieces out. They broke time, basically. And, you know, this, this phase of Marvel, I think, is going to confuse a lot of people. It's going to get wacky. Like... It's going to get wild. Comic book people are going to eat it up, I feel like. Yes. And people that are nerdy like us that read all about it, yes. that maybe didn't read comics, but read all about like the implications mm-hmm. and what everything means and track with everything. I think we're all going to love it. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that have enjoyed kind of just the straight line that they've been on sure. with Marvel that are going <laughs> to get frustrated and confused <laughs> that it's like... Yeah. What's going on? Like, oh, so this must be a prequel of Loki because he's dead now. So when is he can't this? still be in this. Why is this guy here? Wasn't that guy from the other thing? 
yeah, how are there three different Spider-Mans? Like, yeah, maybe. How all are there this two? other stuff. Why does that Quicksilver look a little different? Exactly. Which kind of takes us into episode five, mm-hmm. which is where we jumped into the 80s, where we got the spoof of Family Ties. Now, I wasn't a big Family Ties guy growing up, but I, it turns out the opening credit sequence is almost directly lifted from Family Ties, the whole painting and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I respect that. When I, when, I, when I did the research, I respected that. But Wanda had her twins, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Because she had her twins in episode three. She shot Monica Rambo out of the hex, mm-hmm. and then we caught up with her. And now episode five, she's got the twins. Then they age up suddenly. Wanda cares a little less about hiding her powers. Vision starts getting more and more of an idea that things are not right. I'm trying to think of what the biggest... I mean, there's so many big things that happened in episode five. Obviously, they tried a drone striker. She comes out and does some not very Avengers attitude stuff. Like the whole getting everybody to point their guns at at Hayward. Great move. Excellent exit move. But like, that's not great, Wanda. That's not really what you want. That was huge. And then Wanda and Vision fighting, Vision fighting, like not physically but arguing and i think the biggest one's got to be quicksilver showing up at the end right like of all the big revelations that happen sure and this is the thing that i think you and i have kind of talked about the most which is what does it all mean man because it's not just her bringing her dead brother back mm-hmm. it's not just her dead brother showing back up right because she already I mean, Vision was dead, and yep. he is alive. So we know that she, this, this show is promoting, or per, the show is, uh, what am I saying? It's basically showing us that sh- she can do that, that we can bring dead characters back. So it's not just that she brought Quicksilver back, but it's that Quicksilver looks specifically like Fox's X-Men's Quicksilver. He's played by Evan Peters. Well, and I think... It also got us into that discussion because you and I discussed it after episode five uh-huh. when he shows up. Uh-huh. Is is he a creation of Wanda's? Right. Or is he the actual one that somehow got brought into this world? From the ultra, from another timeline, another universe somewhere. Exactly. Right. And same thing with Vision. Like, There's basically two options for both of them. Uh-huh. Either they are... Figments of Wanda's creation, uh, mm-hmm. imagination, for lack of a better term, or they have come from another timeline mm-hmm. and are trapped in there in some way. However, that would have happened, but right. it wasn't necessarily that she was, you know, rising characters from the dead, especially with Quicksilver, because he wasn't the same one. Right. You know, they make the whole point to say she recast Pietro. Yes. And. So now we officially are starting to doubt whether or not this is all actually her creation or whether we've kind of crossed some multiverse timeline type of thing. Right, because they do establish that she has the ability to rewrite reality. Like that is what she did with Monica Rambo's clothing. 
Like she wrote the way that they looked. Rewrote. Sure. She went from wearing a Kevlar vest to wearing bell bottoms, but they still maintained the attributes of Kevlar. They were still bulletproof bell bottoms, but they were rewritten. The fabric of reality was rewritten. We've seen in 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 later episodes how she rewrote the the tank. I'm just gonna call it the tank. She turned it into a, half of a of a minivan, right? And and I, and from a plot perspective, David, you're right. And this is where we probably should try. I should probably try not to get down too far of a rabbit hole because there's also meta stuff to consider as well, which is the fact that Marvel didn't make the choice. Marvel actively did not choose to recast Quicksilver from the Fox X-Men universe. They pulled that actor who played Quicksilver over to play Quicksilver here, which means it's in play for other X-Men actors to show up in future X-Men projects, and they might not have to recast people. That means everybody, because we've already heard that Ryan Reynolds is going to be Deadpool mm -hmm. again. So there's always these questions, right? There's these questions about who's going to play Charles Xavier, who's going to play Magneto, who's... Who says they, they got to get anybody different? Yeah. McAvoy and Fastbender. I mean, Fastbender's racing cars right now. But last I checked, those guys are still in the prime of their careers. Yeah. And that's the one thing that Fox did well was cast. Yeah. And why not carry that stuff over? So there's some super interesting conversations about well, what that means for the future of X-Men and for the future of health. Well, and that's, Fantastic and that's where I feel like you're going to... Like, I fully expect this phase to be the most controversial phase of the MCU thus far. I'm try and do some wild because, stuff. I know I said it already. I mean, if you pull out Andrew Garfield and and uh, Toby, Toby McGuire, McGuire, right? Plus Tom Holland, like plus anyone who we've heard rumored, plus Jamie Foxx, plus. Uh, our boy Alfred Molina plus Emma Stone. They're, Who knows? They're gonna. There's going to be a bunch of people that are like, no, this is like my brain doesn't like this. Right. That are just grumpy about it because it doesn't make sense to them, or they Maybe. feel they feel like it's just a gag to get you know attention and get as many people in it. We'll show them Spider Man. Into the Spider Verse, just to wake them. Credit where credits due. Like Sony Spider Man into the Spider Verse really opened up the possibilities. Well, maybe of, we'll of get how we could do. Maybe this. he'll be in there too, right? Maybe yeah. we'll get animated Miles Morales, and everything breaks. Everybody's brain just breaks. Absolutely. And so in Episode Six, they explore that a little bit more. We get the Malcolm in the middle, uh, basically the spoof, the opening credits, even the way that they're talking to the camera. It's Halloween, and this is probably my favorite part, is that they find ways of bringing in the old comic-accurate costumes. So Scarlet Witch gets a comic-accurate costume. Vision gets a costume. Quicksilver gets a costume. Even the kids, Billy and Tommy, who play um, the characters of Speed and Wiccan, who are young Avengers in the comic books, which we talked about briefly uh, the last time we talked about this, they get costumes that allude to their superhero costumes, yep. which is incredible. It's just great work. Um, but we also get some real interesting answers to, like, how, do, how, how does this whole situation work? Because Wanda in, in 
previous episodes was like, how can I be controlling everybody in the town? And we see, because Vision goes on like a, a vision quest, if you will. Mm. He goes on his own snooping spree. And we see that the further away you get from like the central part of town, the less everybody is controlled and the more they're just locked in. I was going to say, they are still controlled. They're just not doing anything. Exactly. Which is, argu- I mean... We won't get into the existential argument of what would be worse, being trapped, frozen in a loop, or being trapped playing out some sitcom to its fullest. Well, and I think it also ties into some degree, like not to go down the rabbit hole of like the comics, but Mm -hmm. like one of the things with the comics with the kid, with the twins, was basically that they only existed when Wanda was thinking about them. Right. You mentioned that in our first episode. And while that hasn't been the case thus far. Right. Because Agnes has seen them. Yep. And we've seen them off screen without yep. her, which yep. doesn't mean she wasn't still thinking about them. True. But good point. It kind of reinforces the fact that like some of these outskirts people are not doing anything because they're not actively being involved in the story one way or another right. at that time. Right. I think also you see in this episode, uh, the Halloween episode, that at one point, she's like, all right, I got to stop everything so I can concentrate on the fact that Vision's disappeared. Which is a, the other the big part. the kids are talking about things. Yeah, that's the other big part of the episode is that he actively pushes himself out of the hex and immediately starts to disintegrate. Not just die, right? Not just lose his life force literally start disintegrating back into the hex. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean, as we as we ask, that he can only exist within this boundary because this is the, the, the nexus, which we'll talk about with the next episode, because that is the central point of where timelines are, are joining one another, where realities are joining one another? Or is it because he can't exist outside of Wanda's purview because she brought him back to, to life? Who knows? But not only does she stop everything, but she expands that hex out and like turns the entire sword base into freaking clown show. She there there were big there were big conversations on the internet about Monica referring to her, oh, I know an aerospace engineer who can help me build something. And that's the fun part about this is that people were, oh, who is this? Who could this be? Right? Who could this person be that she's referring to? Mm -hmm. Which takes us to episode seven. And this is we get our modern family riff, a little bit of the office thrown in. Again, that mockumentary style where we're talking to the camera now and stuff. Um, But we don't get that big reveal. We don't, we, we talked. We talked about, you and I talked about who that could be, and the internet thought it could be Reed Richards and that we would be getting a whole Fantastic Four launch from here. Although, like, in hindsight, not getting the big reveal actually just feels like it makes more sense because it would be incredibly distracting to the last three episodes of WandaVision if John Krasinski showed up as Reed Richards. Like, it just would be a distraction. Or if my theory, what I thought was going to happen, was that, that they finally got Denzel into the MCU to play Blue Marvel, which was an older Captain Marvel-related character 
uh, older African-American character with ties to Monica Rambeau. And I was like, they finally got Denzel. There was <laughs> zero proof of that. I put my own conspiracy theory together. But it turns out it, it was nothing. It turns out it was just a group of loyal uh, soldiers to her. But this is where we got all the, I mean, answers kind of. Because we talked about this previously. How do you feel about that? Like, this is where, I mean, let's just, let's, we just straight to it. It was Agatha all along. And I think that right there, that reveal particularly, is one that we are seeing is transcending between, is it's transcendent between comic book nerds and regular people. Because not, my like, my mom loves the MCU. Mm-hmm. My sister, Leah Theodosis, good friend of the podcast, does not know who Agatha Harkness is. Mm-hmm. You can research it right now. It's the beauty of the internet. Mm-hmm. You can go find out everything you want to know about the history of Agatha Harkness. But as we're recording now, three, four, what are we, four or five days after the release, like the song, it was Agatha all along. Like th- that shit's going to be at the top of the iTunes charts. That that song in and of itself, that Munster's ass, you know, riff at the end of the episode is blowing up. There's remix of there's remixes of it on YouTube, which are awesome. And this is where we we start getting some answers. I mean, we literally get it in in the form of a song that all of the mysterious stuff that's been happening has been Agatha. That Quicksilver is was under Agatha's control. That she was faking when Vision found her. Also, not for nothing, but she's been trying to get the kids to herself for several episodes. Mm-hmm. She finally got them to herself, and now we don't know where they are. It's true. I mean... Well, and there was the conversation, too. I don't remember if it was in this episode, but it's been mentioned at one point that there's become less and less kids... Around right. town. Which well, there was none. And then for Halloween, we got a ton. Yeah. And then the net last kind of kind of dropped off. Yeah. And so I think the other thing with the, the Agatha thing is now that we're saying it's been Agatha all along, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Right. Because Why? like to what extent was it Agatha all uh-huh. along? Like we show Agatha kind of pulling strings but is she actually somehow influencing Wanda and is she actually in control a lot of the town like is she the reason some of those people are frozen versus Wanda is it you know a unspoken cooperative thing that's going on Right. You know, there's so many things. Is it that- a mentor mentee? Is it a is it a I'm teach because that's what the comic books, yeah. right? Agatha Harkness is most she's been a bad guy, but she's mostly been an ally of Scarlet Witch and has actually been her mentor in the comic books. In the comic books, she's also an old lady, too. She's like a literal Salem yeah. witch. Like hocus pocus, mm-hmm. boil, you know, toil and trouble, all that shit, witch. Yep. Obviously, we're playing a little bit different ball here. But yeah, to what extent? And and to further that, to what end? Yeah. That's the one thing nobody's answered yet. To what end? Why? Yeah. Well, and I think to some degree that's that's why I think you know, to some degree we're going to find out a lot 
in this next episode because you can't drop that bomb of it was Agatha all along right. and just continue forward without giving us some kind of look back to how we got here. Sure. Because if you're going to, you know, last second reveal what's actually been going on all along, like you have to kind of establish a beginning because we've never had the beginning. We've never had the story of how Wanda even got to this random town, right? how she settled on this town Mm -hmm. in general, uh, why she picked this town or why she even came up with this concept of just creating her own reality bubble to right. deal with her pain. I mean, so basically, and that's what was also nice about episode seven is that Darcy gave us a nice quick recap to sure. set Vision up as well. Yep. What we do know is that she killed Vision, watched Vision die by her own hand, then watched time be rewound by Thanos, then watched Thanos kill him again, then was snapped out of existence for five years and then was snapped back into existence to immediately do epic battle, right? And then seemingly this is only weeks after that. Like she went to Tony Stark's funeral. She showed up there. And then we've only seen the security footage. Like we saw the security footage of her showing up to S.W.O.R.D. and seeing what they did to Vision's body. But that's it. We don't know, to your point, is what you were saying, we don't know what happened after that point. We don't know anything. We don't know how she got to New Jersey. We don't know how she got to Westview, although we have some ideas. We don't know how Agatha got involved. We don't know to what extent Agatha is involved, although if we want to listen to the song, it was Agatha all along. Um, It's genuinely incredible. And all... (laughs) Great. The funniest thing is we haven't even mentioned the fact that we got a new superhero out of this whole deal. We did. You know, Monica Rambo, who in the comic books becomes basically the second Captain Marvel, you know, because these monikers get handed down. The se- I mean, sh- we're about to see it with Captain America and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. These these pseudonyms and monikers get handed down. And so in the comic books, Monica Rambo gets superpowers, becomes the second Captain Marvel, but then is also known as Photon, Pulsar, Spectrum, not, I mean, nonsense energy superhero names. And we see that she's got energy-based superpowers. She can see the, the, the energy, the type of energy that's in the, uh, in the air and based around the, the, the power lines and whatnot. And when Wanda tries to throw her, she gets her own superhero landing. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that that's like the third or fourth most important thing to happen <laughs> in episode seven is, is incredible. But yeah. we get this, and, and she'll be, no doubt, she'll be in Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. And she'll be likely a part of the Miss Marvel series that we're maybe getting at the end of the year. But Monica Rambeau's superhero now. Pretty cool. Um, Man, there's just so much to talk about. So let's talk a little bit about the why. What do we think the why is, right? Let's talk a little bit about to what extent. So we talked previously about the House of M, Mm -hmm. right? Agatha Harkness confirmed that was a longstanding rumor that it's funny. You know, when people were, they were really 
outplaying themselves. They were really outthinking themselves when people were like, is it going to be Fantastic Four? Is it going to be this character, that character? That's going to be the aerospace engineer. The funniest thing was that they, a lot of people, us included, essentially assumed that Agnes was Agatha Harkness. Because you don't cast Catherine Hahn as a rando. Catherine Hahn, by the way, do whatever you want. I'm on board. Um, so that turned out to be true. That rumor that she was Agatha Harkness turned out to be correct. Another thing that we're, we got was we talked in, in our previous WandaVision episode a little bit about Mephisto, right? And how it's basically the Marvel devil. And in the comic books, he was first seen as a fly. And when we're in Agatha's house, what do we see on the curtains? But we see a, it, I mean, it's a cicada, but it's a big old nasty looking fly. So we've been given tons of answers, but we don't know, we don't know why, we don't know to what extent. So do you think Wanda's bad? Or do you think it's purely Agatha? Or do you think it's somewhere in the middle? I think, I think what we're going to get over the course of the next, like I said, if I had to predict, I think the next episode is going to basically tell us how we got here and whether it's an entire episode dedicated to that or whether we're still kind of inching along the story like we did in episode, in episode four. four. Sure. But we're mostly explaining how we got here. Like the present day story doesn't really progress a whole lot. Like it could be something even where like Vision comes and rescues Monica and Wanda Pietro like somehow gets Pietro out of there maybe yeah and takes them to one place to talk about like what's going on how they're gonna resolve this and the other half of the story is Agatha basically telling Wanda sure and like between the two of those kind of groups we fill in the blanks of how we got here Mm -hmm. I mean it would make sense if if episode four got us the Monica Rambeau Mm -hmm. backstory why wouldn't episode eight give us the Agatha Harkness backstory? You know, almost mirroring that. So I think you're right. It's I just not the way that these things are plotted out. The next episode has to be. There's got to be a lot of explanation happening, and I think that'll lead to episode nine being like the finale, so to speak, for lack of a better word. I'm not sure. I honestly don't know how this well, is going to end. But to answer your question about like, is Agatha the big bad? I think she is. For the purpose of this show. Okay. But I don't think she's... I think she's a lower level character. I think she's a Loki-esque character when everything's said and done. Sure. Like someone who may even be good, quote unquote, at some point. Good. Right. You know, like Loki kind of had his moments in, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I think or like she, a- could, she could be... Potentially a character that has her moments, maybe in her, to our point, mentorship of of Wanda. Mm-hmm. I think she could be operating for someone bigger. But I like do, you th- said, like, yeah, I think by the end of this, we're going to know who, for lack of a better term, her boss is right. or who she's kind of under, whether that means she's been working for them, whether she's been controlled by them. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. I don't I don't necessarily have one feeling one way or the other, but I do think this is going to set the stage for something bigger. Like I don't think we're going to 
have your traditional TV series run where we learn how we got here. We have like the lead up to the climax. And then in the final episode, we have the climax. Good beats bad. Right. And we just go back to normal. Like this is this is going to lead into something. And I think you and I have talked about this before, like. The thing to that's kind of a wild card in all of this is that this was not intended to be the first thing that we got since Far From Home. Right. This, this was w- supposed to be the fourth or fifth thing. Yeah. This was supposed to be after Black Widow, which I don't think Black Widow would have had too many implications in this no, show. It was supposed to be Eternals. after Eternals. It was supposed to be after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And then after Shang-Chi, maybe? I don't have the dates. In I think it might have been, too. But regardless, like, so we are kind of operating what would have been maybe a third into phase four. Right. Or at least a third episode or, or story. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm saying one third through from that standpoint. Sure. So Because phase four is freaking big. It is. <laughs> so by that, I mean, like, generally you would say, like, well, they're not going to... Re- reveal the big bad right out the gate. Right. But I don't think that's necessarily off the table. Or, right, you know, we didn't get the Thanos stinger until... Oh, the end of... Guardians, Avengers. was it? No, Avengers. Avengers. Remember, what happened is Loki showed up. Yep, yep. Gets his ass beat all through New York. and Because Loki was only talking to, like, the middle guy. And then in the middle of the credits, the middle guy is like... You told us Earth could be ruled. They are un- unwieldy. They are they are un incapable of rule. And then mm. Thanos turns around and smiles. And then in Guardians, he's got more of a character. That's when it's Josh Brolin. We're bringing mm. Thanos in as an actual character now. Sure. But we just got that toothy smile of Thanos, like, oh, this is a dude behind a dude behind a dude. Yep. That is going to come into play. 18 stories later. Yep. And that very well could happen here. I mean, what better... And again, it could also not. But what better guy to have turn his face at the end of WandaVision than the literal Christian Marvel devil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a big deal to me. I don't know. Yeah, I think this is going to be used to... you know, Because there's all sorts of rumors of who is the next big bad and i think there's a lot of ways that it can go right there's been rumors of dr doom because yep. he has some multiverse ties and mm-hmm. kind of that stuff um i don't think mephisto would be the big bad he might be like ronin like he might be like a ultron or a ronin type okay. of thing like a big like a bad like a big, like a bad. big one like who cap- has his day but and gets taken B. down but he's not like the end all. He's not, he's not Thanos, he's you know, not and I don't know that we'll even get a Thanos. Like the concept may be more high level than that. It may it's be true. this whole concept of the multiverse and putting the pieces back together, or how that all plays and all that kind of stuff. And that's why, you know, we've even, you know, getting way down the road, like supposedly Chris Evans is now still going to be a part in some way in even some if it's way. even if it's just a cameo maybe captain america maybe as johnny storm the human torch from his fantastic four days maybe the possibilities are endless and that's one of the more exciting parts i think the it. i think the interesting part for me will be what disney 
in essence, and Kevin Feige more specifically, induct into the canon. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that are kind of left out, mm-hmm. you know, because it would be interesting if they incorporated Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Right. But didn't incorporate Andrew Garfield's. Right. Or vice versa. There's contracts. There's decisions. Because there are a lot of things that are out of their control to some degree. Like, if you're trying to do this multiverse thing, you can't recast the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and have it work the way that you want it to work. Like, the whole point is, like, it's a familiar face. And so it'll be interesting with, like, the Fantastic Four, Mm -hmm. whether they even, you know, because it obviously didn't go over well. And obviously, one, uh, two of those characters are in... The current MCU, one is dead in Killmonger and yep. Michael B. Jordan, and one has been Captain America since pretty much the beginning right. in Chris Evans. Right. So do you bring them back or do you say, like, no, like, we're cutting off that Chris Evans? You know, and you've got even Who other knows? things like... Who knows? What if they're like, hey, Miles Teller was actually a pretty good idea. Let's bring him back. Like, the casting of X-Men has been so phenomenal that, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they go X-Men Days of Future Past and use the Patrick Stewart crew and the James McAvoy That's crew. That's where there were some conversations about a big cameo showing up in this epi- in this show and some people are like what if it's Patrick Stewart? What if it's Ian McKellen? You know, what if, what if, what if? Which I don't know, man, but that's so but what's so cool about the idea of the multiverse? It's what the CW did and I it's weird that I keep going back to the CW, but like they said that the multi everything is canon in the multiverse. They brought in the Flash from the weird nineteen early nineteen nineties Flash TV show. They brought in uh, Brandon Routh, who played the Adam on on Legends. They had him play Superman again, as he did in Superman Returns. They brought John Cryer in, who played Lenny Luthor in Superman Four which is an absolute dog shit movie. They brought him in to play Lex Luthor. They brought in Ezra Miller, the big movie picture Flash, to play that Flash right in front of Grant Gustin's Flash. Like, the coolest thing about the multiverse and the fact that both major comic uh, labels have the multiverse is that it makes everything valid. And that's what's... And we've talked about this. We've talked about why, like, the sequel reboot is more popular than the full reboot now because it still validates the things that you love in the past. It still says that, oh, those Michael Keaton Batman movies, those still happened. They were just in a different universe. Or the Christian Bale Batmans, those still happened. They just happened in a different multiverse. And Marvel has the opportunity to completely blow the doors off of what could happen here. Um, It's just really cool. I don't think, I mean, just to get into like the little logistics of it all, the multiverse is confirmed. Like, it's not a theory. The Nexus um, pharmaceutical commercial was a direct reference to the Nexus in Marvel Comics, which has to deal with the point where all realities meet. Mm-hmm. We've already said that Doctor Strange 2 is titled In the Multiverse of Madness. Like, it's happening. We just get to... It's so exciting to see it unfold. Um, I don't think we're going back into the sitcoms anymore though i think we're done with those would you agree i think so because like well what comedies are out like well here's here's an option that they could do uh uh-huh not that i think this is what they're going to do is you could 
go to like different styles of the present or even some things that were meant to represent the future. Okay. Jetsons. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could do something like that. The other concept too is That would have been wild is the if o- they just did a full animated episode. Well, and the other wild card here though is we said it was Agatha all along. Right. And that trailer, for lack of a better term. Her little montage. Her montage sure. is set completely back in kind no, of the old style. It hits each episode. It starts with her showing up, and then it shows her at the talent show, which was episode two, and then it shows her... Um, I know, but the whole style of it is still like monsters. 50s, 60s Yeah, monsters. it's monster yeah. style, yeah. So I think there's also a, a chance that we go reverse. Like, I don't think it's completely gone, uh, but I, I don't think it'll be in episode eight. I could see that. I could also see, like... Her, because her reality was coming apart, right? Mm-hmm. Things kept changing. I could also see that happening on a world scale. Like yeah. maybe the first five minutes were in black and white again, but then you know sure. stuff changes. Um, so I mean, we're not going to talk about this till it's over. So what do you think is going to happen? We got technically we have two scheduled episodes left, and uh, the uh, uh, Tiana Paris who plays Monica Rambo has been pretty vocal. Everybody has. Paul Bettany's been out there dropping hints. He said the cameo is somebody he's never worked with before. Mm-hmm. And literally some psychopath went through his entire IMDb and listed every one of his co-stars and was like, it is not one of these people. And that's a pretty long list. Denzel was not on that list. So I just put that out there. It's one reason I got a little bit more excited. But like he, he keeps alluding to a big cameo. Mm-hmm. Tayana Paris keep saying that this is going to end incredibly sad which i believe it will because we haven't even talked about how this is truly a show about exercising and exploring grief and loss Mm -hmm. like that's a huge part of what this show is about and that's a sad thing to confront and deal with i speak from experience well i think at the end of this story what we're going to resolve is basically what we've been dealing with the entire, which is Wanda's ability to deal with the grief of Mm -hmm. loss Mm -hmm. and what's happened over the last five, seven years, starting with her brother and obviously ending with Vision. So I think that is the conclusion that we're moving to. What it ties in outside of that, I think, is yet to be seen. Right. If you ask me the cameo Eileen, I go back to kind of the House of M storyline. Okay. Which makes me believe we might get either Magneto or Professor Xavier. Okay. As the people who potentially come through and try to basically get her out of uh-huh. this or, you know, help her. Because we're we're dealing with some mutants here. And sure. and obviously in the MCU storyline. Wanda is not advertised as a mutant. Right. She was created by the mind mind stone. stone the the Hydra so. messing with the mind stone. Yeah. And so it's a little bit origin than what the comics and the House of M storyline. Right. Where she is specifically a mutant, her mm-hmm. and her brother. But at the same time, because we've gotten Pietro in there, because I think 
it appears all indications are that like Marvel is like full speed ahead of like we're not going to keep X-Men and Avengers separate, separate. For very long. We are going to blend these. I could easily see this a way of kind of opening that door. That shit would be wild. But also not promising like there's anything more to come. Like I do sure. think we may find out about some concepts like Nexus and mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. but I don't think this is going to be a cliffhanger that immediately leads into something else. Like, sure, I think we're going to feel relatively resolved. Like, I think of like Ant Man. Well, yeah. Like Ant Man, you got introduced to the Pym particle right. shrinking. Right. The whole uh, microverse, the quantum, quantum realm, quantum realm. Like all those things that were things that we were going to come back to. Right. But there was nothing more to solve. Like, obviously, we went and got Janet and that, but that was more about, again, further exploring the yeah, quantum they t- realm. The Marvel has been incredibly good at telling isolated stories within this larger Like, the only arc. times we got really cliffhangers are more based off of the stingers. Right. Like, uh, I think of Thor Ragnarok when Thanos' ship basically shows up. Right, at the right stinger at the, at the end, yeah. And there's been maybe a couple of others. Here's... Here's what I think. Here's my big prediction. Number one, I think Doctor Strange shows up in some capacity. So that's prediction number one. Prediction number two, I feel like this ends with some version of the hex exploding over the entire world. Not in the way that we've seen it. Not in the way that like people are going to be under mind control but in the way that reality is going to be rewritten and shit is going to cross over. And I think that is something that will open up the gates for like what you said. The X-Men are coming in. There's gonna, And that would lead to Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness is trying to fix that. That would lead into everything that we're thinking about Spider-Man and all of these realms crossing over. Like I think it ends with, for, and I, don't, I couldn't tell you how. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know who does it. But I could see that happening because that and that's also very House of M as well, because that's what she happens. Literally, she yells, no more mutants. And mm-hmm. like all the mutants lose their powers. Mm-hmm. She rewrites the reality of the world. Mm-hmm. So I could see something like that happening, except maybe a little bit in reverse. Maybe we get mutants now or something like that. Sure. So I don't know. Well, and I mean, if we want to go into technicalities. I don't think technically Vision and Strange have worked together because they were on separate factions. Yeah. Doctor Strange. Uh, when in Infinity War. Uh, yeah, they so were. So we could easily have Strange, which they we thought. They were in space we, already. Yeah, they were in space. And when he came back in the end game, Vision was dead. So uh-huh. technically, if you want to go with kind of the misdirection that they've been doing all the mm-hmm. series, like it could easily just be strange, which again, if you want to get back to the Agatha thing, we talked about how people overthought it uh-huh. and were certain it was Agatha, but then got caught up in Denzel theories and my, Blue Marvel and all like, that. I literally kind of stuff. no one else had that theory but me. But there was a point when she was pregnant that everybody thought strange was coming because he was her doctor uh-huh. in the comics. Uh-huh. And also, he made sense with a lot of what was going on. Yeah, he's a magic guy. He's so, a like, it could be as simple as Doctor Strange is showing up in the end. You would think. So, wouldn't surprise me if that's probably the most likely versus, like, these bigger, like, holy crap moments that, it's true. you know, we're talking through. You got Jimmy Woo is the only guy out there. He's lost two people to the hex. He's got just crazy magic happening. 
Who says Jimmy Woo doesn't go to Dr. Stephen Strange and be like, hey, we got some wild magic stuff happening here. Also, I would love to see Stephen well, Strange back. Too. Let's be honest. One of the big issues that the MCU has, which isn't unique to the MCU, it was an issue in comics too. Like, how is something like this happen without like every Avenger somehow sure. coming and getting involved? Sure. Like, why why is Jimmy Woo like the most like Right. Why are we still letting government for, agencies like, handling this issue? Why is no why has no Avenger been like, oh, I'm worried about my friend Wanda who's created this giant bubble of a fictional universe? Like that that doesn't get out anywhere. Like right. Well, what's super interesting I mean, that's an excellent point. Like and they, but that's always been a case. Like, and they refer to it as like they in Far From Home, they actually do a really good job of starting to refer to it as like Avengers level threats. Right. Yeah. So they literally start ranking threats based off of like, do we need to bring in Avengers and whatever? And I mean, that's the same argument as like, why didn't they call the Avengers? I mean, they used excuses in Far From Home. They're like, Captain Marvel's gone. Iron Man's dead. Like Captain I, Marvel and the space people, you can kind of explain because. Right. But also. They're, they're not close. Think about and we could do this forever, but think about the existing Marvel superheroes. Who would be equipped to handle a Scarlet Witch vision situation? Nobody. You're not calling the Winter Soldier. You're not calling Falcon. You're not calling T'Challa. You're not calling... But like, you've Stephen got, Strange is the only guy. Yeah, but you've got... You're not Hulk. calling Hulk? You could call Hulk for it. you got Banner, who's one of the most intelligent people on Earth. That's true. You call you've got... Uh, what's her name from Wakanda? Uh, Shuri. Shuri, who's more. one of the most intelligent people on Earth. Yeah, but that's, that's foreign Earth. We're handling this American style. Yeah, that's but what, that's what that dipshit Tyler would say. I know, but my thing is, is like I think they'd at least show up to like lend their <laughs> conversation or see about going in there in some way. Well, that leads to one last question because we could just keep going on this. Tyler says, "When remember Tyler? What's his last name? Henderson or Tyler? What's that jackal's name? Tyler." Oh, uh, it's going to drive me crazy. Whatever. Um, I'm going to find it. I'm, I don't care. I'm going to find it. The agent? Hayward. Thank Hayward. you. Hayward. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, remember, he said, all right, people, we're getting ready to launch. Mm -hmm. Launch what? What are we getting ready to deploy? Are we getting ready to deploy? I don't know. <laughs> Hulk? <laughs> Are we getting ready to deploy Gamma Bomb? Are we getting ready to deploy Stephen Strange? I don't know. Well, you got to think about who is in Sword. Thor I left. I don't think. I don't think you're getting. I don't think the deployment would be an Avenger. No, because Tyler because he hates because he's literally like. And again, that's another interesting thing is like they haven't explored what five years of resentment of the general population would build up as and that he has like he has that resentment towards like superpowered people. I think I think they're getting ready to do some kind of quote unquote raid. Uh, you know, they Good did the they did the tunnel thing. Yep. I think they're going to it's going to be some kind of weapon or something like that that's going to. You know, cause some drama, just like the the rocket that they sent. Like, it's going to be some kind of we're moving in. We're no, we're going on the offensive at this point. Well, I can't wait. We got Me neither. We got two episodes left. 
Uh, and we will talk about those two episodes when the series wraps. Uh, that's going to do it for our second revisit to Westview and WandaVision. Before we go, I want to remind everybody that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet sent to you just by hitting the subscribe, hitting that follow button wherever you're listening. Take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, and write us a review. Share us with your other good movie buddies out there. Also, don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider becoming a patron of a little independent movie entertainment podcast. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, but it's going to give you access to exclusive patron-only episodes, early access to regular episodes, and more. Check us out, patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And last, but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But... For the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.